0: Welcome to the latest episode of The Player's Voice, which is part two of my conversation with Antrim Hurler, Donald Nugent. My name is Alan O'Mara. I'm the host of this podcast, a former cabin goalkeeper, and a performance and wellbeing consultant with sports and business leaders around the world. Having struggled with addiction to alcohol and cocaine, Donald Nugent spent three months in residential rehabilitation. He is now an addiction facilitator and the founder of Let's Face It. In this episode, We talk about developing resilience, dealing with wellbeing setbacks, and the challenge of staying well. We also chat about the rise of cocaine in Irish society and the stigma that still surrounds drug and substance abuse. The Player's Voice is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. The podcast series is part of bio 360 a GPA program that empowers inter-county players across four key areas, life skills, wellbeing, dual career, and transitions. Please go to bio360.galecplayers.com to learn more. If you're a GPA member in the Republic of Ireland and were impacted by this episode, please call 1 800 989285 or text GPA to 50808. From Northern Ireland, please call 0800 044 5059 and you can also text GPA to 85258. If you aren't a GPA member and want to learn more about important mental health services, please check out the Samaritans, Pieta House or Quinn Moira. But for now, please enjoy part two with Donald Nugent on The Player's Voice.
1: You go in the, whenever you go in the rehab, like it's the first two weeks is in a detox area. And I honestly, so there's, we have a courtyard and it's like, Maybe 20 meters by 20 meters, and that's the only area you have for outside space. And the thing about recovery is the good thing is you get your feelings back. The bad thing is you get your feelings back. You got to feel them. Yeah. So I had no room, I had nothing to escape these feelings, like nothing. So sitting there going, Jesus don't know, like looking around you, back to the comparing bit. Like, look at your man, look at your man. And I always associated an addict or an alcoholic with someone down on the street, you know, a sleeping bag and the hurry and not, not someone's not my age. And, uh, that was very, 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 very tough. Just sitting in them rooms and everything was so slow because I was always a hundred men an hour, right? Who can I get a bag of Coke off here? Who can I rob here to try and get this and try and get that? It was just all madness. Um, so actually just slowing down, just sitting there. It was, it was very, very tough. But like I tried, I, I tried the AA meetings and I tried the counseling and I tried all that. And that's why I asked you, was that tough going back out of the real world? Because um, I was just going into these counselors and just telling them what they wanted to hear and leaving and going and fucking getting the drink, you know what I mean? Right. It was just tick-the-box tick the scheme. So I needed that isolation away from the world to 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 really like strip myself down and just build myself up. Like um, wouldn't, genuinely wouldn't change it, but it's, and I think the hardest thing any human being can do is look inwards. We're constantly trying, we're constantly like, if something goes wrong, it's his fault or her fault or whatever. Do you know what? It's, it's like, mm-hmm. hold on a minute, look at the real problem. And that was very, very tough. And I mentioned there about putting away the big stick. I had a big stick for yeah. for the first probably months of my time in rehab. Like going, honestly, four years ago, you were studying to be a teacher. Like you, 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 you had really good at I was just you're a head boy in the school, and now you're sitting in rehab. What happened? Like mm. do you know, so just constantly beating myself up, like the people are hurting all that. But through time and through building yourself back up, and as I say, there are then we things that you put in place, and you go into sister conciliations, you go into rehab and I left with a toolbox. A toolbox and how to deal with different things that were going to happen to me whenever I went back out into the real world. And that toolbox maybe had two or three or four different tools in it. And I suppose now with the more work that we do, and I suppose you may be able to re- relate to this, the more work we do, the more people we'll have conversations with, the more therapy we do. Toolbox just gets heavier and heavier and heavier. And anytime these things are obstacles or anything bad or just indifferent may come yeah. my way because there's a big bad world out there too I can go back into this toolbox and be like that was before this is how I done this boom practically
0: don't like for anyone listening like what were like what were those things you took away in terms of feeling like you've got either skills or if it's a coping mechanism like what give us an idea of kind of what they are practically then if like when you if you've got to reach in and grab it what is it you're grabbing like what works for you in that situation
1: so the first thing I'd almost got a sponsor Okay. So it was to get someone I can just bounce things off. Mm-hmm. And that's just someone who's lived it. Do you know what I mean? Getting a sponsor, having someone on my side, um, who you can tell anything to. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. anything. Um, having that, um, being able to, as you say, like when after the journaling being able to focus on and you you touched on it there with the work, knowing that there's a bigger picture here. Um, and I think the more and more of them things happen, like the more. The more I was self-aware, the more I started to go, do you know what? These are just, these are just wee moments that I'm having. It isn't just me. So if I'm feeling really down, I would have been really down for like a week or two weeks or months maybe. Now I'm like, I'm feeling down because some, there's some days I'd be driving up the road and my wee chimp would come in and say, don't know, get on the drink. Like you're no, no you're nowhere no near good enough. What are you doing? Yeah. You're a fraud. You're this, you're that. And I'm like, put the window down and. Thought out, but you know, so it's happened. Then we things, that, and it all comes down to self worth and self value. And I think Gilmore and Conceley are it's a big place for for building you up like like that, and uh and and having a wee better respect for yourself. Um, but that big thing there, picking up the phone and just ringing your sponsor, ringing ringing a friend, um, and knowing what you're about in terms of your values, uh and the you know, we're going to have these, as I said, they they used to be weeks, months, maybe at least one for a long time. I can get out of them things now and, you know, it might take me a day, but that's okay. Do you know what I mean? And then tomorrow I can just start again. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that either. No, I think like, I think that's such a good point. And it's like,
0: it's like when you're in that situation, like it sounds like you did need, like you just needed a full circuit break to kind of snap it, reset, reboot, and then like, okay, Mm. I'm going to start like, I'm going to start moving forward out of here and to kind of leave with like spend three months. Like it's funny, like someone said to me recently, it's like, it's, if you're sitting on your own in the room, like it's easier to look out the window than it is to look in the mirror. Like, um, but you find yourself in a situation where like you basically have to look in the mirror because like, Mm -hmm. that's what it's set up to be for you. Um, and you leave with those skills of like, okay, like I feel like I'm better equipped for that and I suppose kind of which brings me on what I was going to talk to you about like like a lot of my work right now would be in like mental skills and I would work with people and teams kind of building that toolbox out um and these like skills are skills that equally can help you in life can help you in sport um and like for me one of them was like you know self awareness was definitely one I would do a lot of work around self-awareness would do a lot of work around resilience would do a lot of work around self-compassion and uh, I always take them back, Donald, to was like, that little triangle that I just use. It's like, I'll draw on a whiteboard, I'll draw on my own notebook, my own journal, and it's just my thoughts, my feelings, my actions. And it's like, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? What's the right action to take here? And we've both talked about, like, Months, years of our lives where we would take the wrong action. You'd, Hey, I'm going to grab Mm -hmm. a drink here. I'm going to grab, I'm going to pick up a bag of Coke off, so your man over the road there, I'd be like, Right, I'm going to go absolutely bury myself into a nightclub here and cry, like holding back tears in the toilet. And it's getting comfortable. Okay, what's the action here? And like, when you, when you come to those kind of skills, is there anything that kind of comes to mind for you? Like, I know resilience for me was really, one of the, say I break it down, okay, resilience, what does resilience looks like? And it was like, I'm going to talk to my mom and my dad and my brother. I'm going to talk to my friend about what I'm feeling. I'm going to open up a bit. That's me like having courage, like taking a good decision in this moment. But also I feel like I was always backed up in a way where it was, I knew I could go back to council whenever I wanted. Like the shame, <laughs> the guilt, that side of it for me was gone and it just became this, like, I suppose what I'm thinking about, it's a point you just said there, was like, do we all have bad days? Absolutely, 100%. Like, can you have a bad week? Yep, that can definitely happen. And for me then, if if a bad week ever became a bad month, I'd be like, right, I'm going to pick up the phone and call my counselor, I'm going to go and do a bit of work. The bad day, definitely you feel that you start getting equipped to manage. And then the bad week, it takes probably a little bit more work, but you can get out of it. Um, What was that like for you then in terms of managing that? Because I feel like it is important to say when we go to rehab or when we go to therapy, people think, oh, good for you, good man, you got in there, you did the work, you're out, happy days, like, how's life you're going fixed. now? But there's also like the real messy, like I call them waves, spiky waves that we're both, we're all dealing and still navigating
1: on a day to day, right? 100%. And I, I, I actually, like, I couldn't agree with you more because I suppose, and, and then this is not, like, putting anyone down, It'd probably be a bit of naivety even on my part, I thought these three months will fix my wagon, and then back to what I said there. I'll be back being the best at you know, back on the Antrim team and everything, it'll we all hurry furry again. No, it's not. It's definitely not the case. And what I actually done there for a couple of years, particularly over lockdown, and like for people like me and you, anyone can be lonely out of place, like you know, and there's no interaction. You're getting programs and stuff, and to do with the county and like running program, me running, you know, on back on your own kind of more often. Not happening, like, Mm. and it's just like what what I, what, but what I don't know right up until even like last year like say at the weekends say a Friday night and if I was flicking through Instagram and I seen one of my mates or a crowd of lads what I t- touched on at the start of the podcast about not being a part of something then it was but what I used to do as a result of that was like straight to Domino's or straight to a pizza shop or whatever and it was like food and then you're in this shop you get a big munch and you're just sitting there you're watching and you're just feeding yourself because mm. it's nearly like a replacement um it's okay because i'm not drinking so and by the way my pizzas just weren't like a pizza it was a pizza and then it was a taco chip and it was a milky bar sundae and it was everything mm. in between <laughs> Do you know and and that was my sort of you're escaping in a different way like you've re- i and a tiny bit like and i just i could justify it because it wasn't you know maybe taking loads of coke or whatever mm. but it, it was near enough the same thing do you know what I mean I was still escaping what was actually going on Um, so that took time even after rehab in terms of and I suppose that's why uh, I haven't made that sort of breakthrough and being more consistent with Antrim because my weight has been fluctuating a lot and i probably only maybe found a proper balance over the last year do you know what i mean and and then other things like injuries and stuff come along and obviously you know you can't stay in nick all the time whenever you get injured but i think having that respect for myself um but yeah that replacement thing that happened for for a long time like i'm thinking that i it's okay but my patterns were kind of the same if you know what i mean so i had to step out of that and be like right what is going on and stuff like that so but what 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 about you even like even after like because you do maybe 10 counseling sessions and then you think, right, okay, I'm in a real good position. Big thing, even in my experience, is even more working with people in my own journey, complacency. Hmm. Like, you know, thinking that, and, and, and I always caught even now, through this experience that I've had, is I'm on a journey with no destination. Like, I, the day I think that I'm cured, the day I think that I'm fixed, the day I think that, you know, I don't need to pick up a phone or I don't need to drop into a meeting, I'm done, hmm. honestly. Well, can you can you relate to that to any anyway in terms of your journey? In terms of maybe, did you ever get complacent, or did you substitute your feelings with uh, different actions? Or, um, it's a, it's a great question. I think
0: <laughs> so. At the start, though, when I go back, I don't think it was complacency for me. I think me was almost probably more pride or ego in that. My first block of therapy, I think my attitude was me in depression, in a boxing ring, I'm going to go 10 rounds and I'm going to knock this fella out and then like it's gone and it, I'll be I'll beat it. And I suppose you kind of have that and listen, counsellor would have talked about it being like, yeah, listen, that's not really how it works. And you'd be like, yeah, yeah, but like you kind of don't really want to hear it. Um, <laughs> but I'm different. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yeah, but I'm doing great though, haven't I? Um, so... I remember I kind of got to that first block, and I pieced the puzzle back enough to go. Cool, I think I can bounce back into life here a bit now, and kind of go go by myself for a bit, and kind of get out of the weekly session ever. But it was it would to be fair. It was always kind of I feel like with a view of coming back down the line. But I remember like when depression came back in and gripped me again, like, man, I remember that like floored me, like really, it was like a double whammy because it was like, oh, I failed again. Like I thought I'd piece this back together and I thought I learned some skills and I thought of this, but like now I'm feeling the way I'm feeling like I can't get out of bed, like I have tears in my eyes, like I want to go drinking, I want to like escape from this, like you're feeling those, it's like, it's it really was like a double whirl, um, so I remember kind of going back in and I kind of then at that point I remember kind of like learning to kind of change my viewpoint of like I suppose easiest way of saying it was like my well-being mental health it wasn't this like thing on the outside that only became an issue when it was bad it was a constant thing that needed nourishment that needed care that needed to be looked after um and that's why I kind of go back to those pillars later like if, th- if something's on a slide like say resilience for me how I learned about it in the really early stages was how do I feel out of ten? So be like, okay, if I only feel at three, like do what do I need to do to get help here? Where can I go or what can help me? But also if I've gone from a seven to a six to a five in a window of time, for me, resilience became catching it within two. And then doing something about it that could move me back forward. And if that's like continued, it was okay. I need, I need, I need someone else to help me here. I need someone else to guide me here because I can't do this by myself. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, And that still that continues, man. Like that's like I'm literally ten years on, on, on from it now, and I definitely you know way more equipped to manage it. We'll spot the slides, we'll notice them. But there's also times you go, how am I back? How am I? Why am I feeling two out of ten? Like I thought I know all this stuff. Um. Yes. And that's it's just a, it's just a journey that's always going. Like life will always find different ways to challenge. Us will always be tested in different ways, in new ways. And like in terms, of, like you said, pandemic. Like some of the pillars that, or some of the things you rely on, are taken away. There's financial pressures. There's all these. Life finds new ways to test us. Um, and if that was for me, it's that self awareness. But then noticing the slide and resilience was okay. How can I bounce back? And again, in a like in a proactive way, not in a. I got it. I'm gonna bury this. But does that kind of yeah.
1: answer the question for you? No, absolutely. And I think even whenever you mentioned even the chart, uh um in terms of you know the scale of where you are to one to ten. And I I used to be like ten and then one and then yeah. ten and then eight, and then it was just like boom, 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 boom. It was just complete madness. And I and it listen, this is what works for me. Mm-hmm. It may not work for you, the next person, but I genuinely just try and stay at a six the whole time and not getting too high with the highs or too lows with the lows and that's a bit back to the point that I made about like what happens on a Sunday at 2 o'clock is not going to dictate mm-hmm. what happens to Donald the rest of the week so it's just staying at that 6 no matter if I get really good news you know it's just like okay feel good for that moment celebrate it a wee bit but just ground yourself again because yeah. that's a dangerous place for you to go on the other side something really bad happens like an injury like I, I got my ankle reconstructed there last year came back done all the rehab um played against Tipperary there a couple of weeks ago I was like, right, let's go I'll have a good push for championship. We were away there in a training camp. Two days into the training camp, what happens? Do my knee and I'm like, don't know, honestly, like, do you know what I mean? All this night thankfully it wasn't it didn't turn out too bad. There's something small in it. But I was really, really low then. And then I was sure. like, oh, hold on a minute. Like step out and look in of what you're actually doing, get back to your six and control what you can going to actually control Is you know, control the controllables and all that. So I think for me, it's just like staying at that six and not getting just too carried away with what's going on externally, just six internally. And I think that just keeps me, keeps me sweet for now anyway.
0: <laughs> no, I, I think we're like, the great point you made there, do was like, you know, it's about finding what works for you. Like, and it's like, yeah. what works for me, like probably, it probably wouldn't have worked for you. And likewise, what worked for you, like mm. probably wouldn't have done the trick for me. But like, I suppose if you ever find yourself in those situations, like all you have to really worry about is figuring out what works for you. Like you don't have to, yeah. like, um, have to solve the whole world's problems. It's just like, okay, like where's my sweet spot here? And you, I know you said balance earlier, which is definitely something I, w- I would often remind myself of. And then it's like, I suppose like I, I'd be I be a little different to what you just said if I was being honest like I kind of I still do like kind of not if I chase those highs but they like, make sure that I'm always like when I have them when they do come along that you're like I, I'm aware of it and I, I appreciate it because yeah. um, it's funny like this you said they could go from a 10 to a 1 like if think like Oh, man, that was I. That was me for a couple of years. Like it was like good, 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 bad, 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 good, good, good. good. Because <laughs> yeah. there was a lack of resilience and there was a lack of self awareness as to what was happening. I was like this ship that was just getting banged around. And if the current was taking me in a good way, it was like great. But then like when it went bad, it was like I help. I'm am i how am I here. Like this is like mm. and like I would say my two lowest points came right after like the, my highest points. Highest, like yeah. as and I, yeah. I I literally like you can chart them out. And I I remember charting it like when I wrote my book, I was like. 18 chapters I kind of want to just put like a little dot on like roughly where my mood was out of 10 in each chapter like I just kind of was like mm-hmm. I don't want this book to be like a, a, a Debbie Downer but also I don't want it to be like sugarcoating and pretending that life was mm-hmm. great I remember chasing it out and like it shocked me like I still have the graph it's on my laptop I still have it like because I joined up all the dots and it was like high, boom, low like and my two highs were football related like it was playing in Crow Park against Kerry and an All-Ireland quarterfinal in 2013 it was playing in all Ireland twenty one final, and in the months afterwards, I would kind of unravel to be like whether I wanted life to match those highs which obviously it doesn't like to me like I kind of changed my asp- my, my mindset towards it. like when 9s and 10s come it's like great enjoy them like because they don't come often whereas when I was younger sure. I feel like I wanted my life to be 9 or 10 all the time I like this is not like some American teen movie like, you know what I mean like life's not like that most of your life yeah. will be spent I hope between you know a 4, five, six, seven. and then you know, when you get to touch the 8s, 9s it's like yeah great job if you get a 10 like honestly a 10 is winning in all Ireland maybe it's I don't know having a kid or getting married like it's those big milestones. Mm-hmm. um, And that was a change of kind of perspective for me, is like just been, I've also been happy in the middle of the road, you know? Like, and then, mm-hmm. like, because it is like that, uh, I suppose like I def- I'm sure would have tied in, or I'll ask you the question, like those chasing those highs, like, did that tie in with your addiction as well then, in terms of like wanting, like, not just an escapism, but like to feel a high or to feel a buzz? Was that part of your kind of rationale or mentality around then? Uh,
1: like, on the same, like, The buzz that I got whenever I took a few lines of coke and was Mm -hmm. out and this confidence very, very similar to the buzz the 10-year-old Donald got whenever he was going on to play a match. Okay. You know, that sort of feeling and you're kind of chasing that and I think that you were constantly and even even when I got out of rehab it was kind of like you're chasing, 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 chasing but What were you chasing at
0: that point? Sorry, what were you chasing? Like if to like look back at it? You, well, I'll tell you
1: what it does. Like, see, even whenever I just got out of rehab, I, what? I, and this is, I, I, I used to go out with with some people and sit in the pub, hoping that other people in that pub would look over and go, "Oh, Irs Big Nugent, like he, he's fair paid to him. He's not drinking." Okay. Like, look at that kind of validation. The still external kind of, of, like, oh, of validation. I can't do it. Like, you know, like I can't do it. Look at me. I'm not drinking. I'm like, see now, I wouldn't even go to a pub because yeah. like, I don't even care what other people think anymore. I think that's just through. Growing and evolving, or but like
0: what you're saying there is like like you were trying like, at that point, even if you didn't realize it, you were still trying to prove yourself to other people rather than live authentically or live to what you what way 100%. you wanted to be.
1: Was that is that right? Hundred percent, yeah. And uh, like, listen again, back to that. <laughs> the big three word lettered word ego mm. you know what I mean and I like see even what I do now like see even this conversation that we're having now it's, 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 genuinely I know we've talked about ourselves and I've talked about me it's not even about me Like, see, let's face it, in terms of the company that I set up and the podcast and the talks that I do, very often people are asking me to come and like sort of tell them a story and share my story. It's not about me. Hmm. It's about the next person. It's about the next person who steps up and says, I want to get help and I want to better myself. And I I just think of that person uh, because there's always going to be someone in the room. If people turn up to them things, then there's someone that wants to listen and someone wants to get a bit of help. And that's why I do it. Not not to get so many likes or not for people to say, oh, you're doing a great job or you're some man. I, I genuinely don't care because I'm comfortable in my own skin um, and I think that helps me find that sort of balance and I, I'm not back to what was said there at the start like I don't put my happiness in, in, other, in other people's cups or in other places you know what I mean genuinely fill up my own cup every morning and I'm like if that's not good enough then okay we'll start again the next day and I think yeah. just having that sort of balance and yeah there's something very fulfilling about that because like I'm not on age or I'm not like do you know what I mean I genuinely just uncomfortable in my own skin but see see just back on the lows and I think it's only fitting to say this because uh, even through the GPA like the G, like, see without the GPA I probably wouldn't be here I mean, not, yeah, yeah, me neither me neither do you know and that's not that's not like under like playing it that's that's facts like and if there's any other county players listening to this mm. and maybe even like there's there's, there's gpa reps scorer and all the counties and sometimes when they come into the rooms you're maybe thinking you get a day off like and you yeah. can switch off see the services that they offer and the boc 60 and like like unbelievable like so did you the gpa helped me get into kumara and then after that whenever i got out and we'll talk about that transition like i i went to councilman. uh for right up until last year and it was through the gpa mm. like unbelievable um, but i had aaron Graffin, uh who who works for the gpa and I on my on my podcast a couple of months ago and he put it to me perfectly and i and it's something that even anybody else, like, even with my knee, i used it he says to me uh don't know when you think about it like any bad injury or anything you get he's like give yourself a 24-hour window to feel sorry for yourself mm. see after in 24 hours focus on what you can do about it yeah and that's something that i've just put into practice in my life now it's just like right okay i have 24 hours here injury whatever go grab a pizza feel sorry for myself for a day but it's not it's not the be on end or what control the controllables and just push on and just be like right what can i achieve like and something that i am massively into now and something that i even say and i said to the lads this morning i was with like with every setback, there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity to grow. There's an opportunity to evolve in other aspects of your life. But if it's not sport, you know, there's always opportunities to always get better. It's just not focusing on the bad thing. Look at all the good things that are happening around us. You know what I mean? But I, I think I, that that's a big, that's an important note there with a with a GPA. Like, what what way did the GPA help you? Oh man, I'll tell ta- like.
0: Uh, I'll come to that story in a minute. It's, sorry, sorry. <laughs> it's, it's, it's honestly funny. Like I have, I don't think I've talked about it in a long time. But just as I was listening to you there, I don't. Know, I just wanted to say, like, like what I hear there is like actually the importance of like self compassion. Like, and in my work as like performance and well being consultant, like I'm with businesses I'm with teams, and then often you get a call like, hey, would you come in and do mental health awareness, or you get an email about want to do work on resilience, say for example, that would a lot of the time that would be the starting point or like the the entryway. But it's like, one of the first things I do is talk to people about self-compassion. Like the act of being mm-hmm. like kind, non-judgmental to yourself. And like, yes, resilience is a response to like adversity, but so too is self-compassion. And like, as a young male, I that wasn't in my world at all, man. I just, it was like, you know, like you got to grind it out. You got to persevere. And because what you described there, like literally is self-compassion. Do you know what? I'm doing nothing today. Like I'm going, to, I'm going to binge watch a thing on Netflix. I'm going to order a pizza. And tomorrow when I wake up, my commitment to myself is I'll move forward. Like I'll mm-hmm. make I'll make I'll make a decision to kinda and when depression over the years and depression really came back into my life, I always did what you just described. It was hello, welcome, come on in. I'll be with you for I'll be with you today. I'm gonna be a mess. I'm gonna hold hold me pillow. I'm gonna watch TV. I'm not doing anything, I'm not proving myself to anyone. But tomorrow my commitment was, we'll start. And that might it might have just been tomorrow in the morning, I'm getting up, I'm making a coffee and I'm going for a walk. And I'll go from there. But um no, just kind of as you move towards the end of this, like, in terms of the GPA, like, so obviously, like, the whole Players' Voice series has been in collaboration with bio 36 the GPA's player development program. And, like, we've had such a wide variety of conversations around those pillars of life skills, well-being, dual career and transitions. Like, this conversation has been so different than we've had before. I'm so glad it's now part of the series. But, like... My and I'm so I'm so like grateful to be able to host this podcast and have these conversations with people. But like it, when I jump all the way back like to my end like my beginning of a relationship with the GPA, like I'll tell you the story because I doubt you know this. So like I spent like weeks, like I get an email like here's the GPA twelve twenty-four seven helpline. Mm-hmm. And the lead up to Christmas, it's gonna be a hard time. Here it is if you ever need it. And I remember looking at the email, I was like, well, okay, but like whatever. And a couple of days later, like I have that moment I talked about earlier, like where I I nearly like I, like, decide to swerve my car, um, so a conversation with my parents, I get home that night, kind of eventually open up, thanks to them, kind of poking and prodding, and they was like, okay, where are we going to go to get help, and I was like, oh, I actually got this, like, email a couple of days ago, let me look at it again, like, and I feel like at this stage, I don't even know what smartphone I had, if it even had, I think I might have to go get a laptop to check the email, like, (laughs) um, showing I'm, your age here on like I, I still, I'm, I'm I'm. a young I'm a young 32 but like I, <laughs> when you jump back to, I think I might have had a black rear so I can't remember But like it doesn't matter but so I remember it's like okay so I said to them I'm going to call this number and I was back in Dublin then and I remember leaving my apartment or leaving the house because I was like don't want anyone hearing this conversation like what am I going to say like have you had, your internal conversation would just go 100 mile like 100 mile an hour mm-hmm. like hello I'm Alan Lamara I'm feeling a little depressed can you help me and you'd be like I'm not ringing this number but anyway, long like so I leave the house, I'm walking around like the corner and I, I call the number, I press green, body's like so anxious about it, like shaking. And um man answers, like, How are you? Like, how can we help? So I start talking. And basically, like long story short, he says, Cool, like you're based in Dublin, we've two sir, we've two places you can go. You can go to this one or that one. And I was like, What? And he was like, Yeah, there's like he's basically asking me in the north side of Dublin or the south side of Dublin. I was like, North side. And he told me the address and like, I'm not joking with you the The service, like the location of the therapy s- center, was on the street I was living by pure, like, coincidence. I could see the place from my house. Like, I walked by it every day on the way to get a chicken fillet roll, on the way to get the bus to college. I never knew. I saw a thing would be like a like to be a little sign on the pillar, but it was right there. Um, and it was one of those moments where like it took my breath away and I was like if ever there was a sign from anywhere wherever whatever people believe or what it comes from this place was right there like um, it's still like even like I got to get goosebumps even thinking about like yeah. it was such an it was such an insane yeah. like moment Um, and went in like went in there and like that was the start of my relationship with like so a counselling of a start relationship with the GPA and like you said we, you wouldn't be here. Like, I I, I don't, I, I maybe there's a, a different path where I find another service, but that was the one that showed up for me and got me out of there. And as well as getting me out of a place of just barely surviving, like, they also helped me build up myself into a place where I feel like I can thrive, you know, like, it's not just enduring. It's not just scraping by, like, talk about like life coaching, career coaching, like set, help setting up a business. Um like transition yeah. and out of the game. You talk about all those kind of pillars that bio 360 encapsulates. Yeah. And you think if you did a little graph of like, okay, GPA at the center, like, and all its members, and then you go to the next four bubbles of life skills, well-being, dual career and transitions, and now start drawing out all the lines that come off those, because we're all mm-hmm. different people. We're all on different journeys. And I just think to be able to have these conversations as part of that, to touch on different aspects of challenges, um, it's so... And I think it's so important that players get to, well, they might be driving their car right now on the way to train and might be on the train on the way to work. Like for male and female players to be able to listen to what we've just talked about, all the other episodes, because it definitely didn't exist when I was going mm-hmm. through it. You know, you just, you got like an email yeah. or it was like a newsletter. Um, I think the more conversations we all have, I know you're doing it through, let's face it, and making an impact in your own way, in clubs, in like in community groups, in different towns all over Ireland. Um, and I just think it's so important that you are you are able to do that um, and are doing that because like, you go back to it, you asked me about like when I went public, I always did it with a view that others would come after me, fresh voices, fresh stories. Even today, I've talked about some of my stuff. I haven't talked about it in years because yeah. one, I've already done it, but also other people are kind of doing it and it's like great. Like that's why I like being on the other side of the mic now. And I know made a little exception today just to kind of, I felt and I suppose, I hope you feel the same to be able to kind of bounce off and explore it. Cause I always want to show like, it's not just one side of it. It's like, there's, it's, it's, it's hard and it's complicated and it's complex. And there's a reason
1: why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. It
0: like from like, somewhere like-, not, like 100% like it's like for me to be able to work with teams in my way, like in my own way, in terms of giving back that regards to like, I would cover six pillars of like well being, leadership communication, relationships, mental toughness, and high performance, and like to be able to give back to people in different ways, individuals, teams, in that way, for me, it's like, it's so rewarding for me, Um, and it's something I'm very grateful of, and genuinely, you talk about the GPA helping me, like, with counseling and support, like, me getting my business to where it is today, and the work I get to do, they
1: were with me the whole way, man. like, they were there the whole way, and it's something I'm so grateful for. Class, that's, that's, so so powerful too. See, see, just the last thing. I know you're probably looking to get wrapped up. Like, uh, and even just the the, the before move on. Uh, like the there's tomorrow. Like, I have a meeting with Aaron Graffin Like, mm-hmm. he's now coaching me and helping me develop and make that next step. And I just think it's amazing. Like, I and I am so grateful. And I would advise any any player just to tap into it, even if you're not struggling, even businesses or anything. Just just tap into it. But there's a word there you mentioned there. I think, but I, I don't have. I didn't bring a pen with me. <laughs> But five or six times throughout the last hour, or so we've been chatting with resilience. Mm-hmm. What, 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 what define resilience in your? What, what do you think resilience is, or what, what, what does that look like to you? I suppose your journey, I suppose, is a, is a, is a good definition of resilience practically. But what what would you define as resilience? For me, it's
0: been able to recognise and be aware of the adversity of the challenge that's coming at you, and then been able to take and have the skills. To make the appropriate response, like the right response. Like I feel mm. like, and I, we just talked about say from the self-compassion of view, sometimes being resilient is actually just like, hey Jamal, it's okay. Like it's going to be okay. Like just accept so Throw an ego away. Yeah. And then I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go back out tomorrow, but that's what it is for me. It's, it's if I summed it up really simply, it's it, I always go back to that triangle. Resilience is, hey, what am I thinking? What am I feeling? Like what's going on all around me and how can I, like what action am I going to choose yeah. to respond? And that literally, sometimes resilience for me the only is, hey, I have a headache. Um, like, I'm not feeling great. I'm just going to go for a walk. I'm going to listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. And that's to me that it sounds silly, but that's an act of resilience in itself. And sometimes with these big words and I've thrown out a bunch of them, as we just talked, like I've said self compassion, I've said mm-hmm. resilience, but to me, it's getting them out of the big cloud right down into, Hey, what's my life today? And how, how can I take it into my day today in a very simple way? Cause most of these skills, like, Hey, if I wanted to become the best goalkeeper in Ireland or I wanted to be have a better kick out, the only way I'm going to do it is to practice my kick outs every day. Like, mm-hmm. there's no magic. I can't read a book about kick outs and then I'll, I'm classic kick outs. Like, you have <laughs> yeah. to do it every day. And it's the same with these mental skills and resilience is such an important one. Um, something I'm really grateful for. And like, like any skill, it can get better over time. Mm-hmm. It can get better through practice. Mine is infinitely so much better than it was, but it's also, will. I'll be working on that till the day, like mm-hmm. the day I die, literally. Like I'll always, it can always be developed. It can always be
1: improved. What about you? Uh, I have this thing there. There's something inside me that is greater than any obstacle. So. Being able to bounce back, basically, I, I genuinely believe in my heart of hearts that I have the ability to bounce back from anything. um, And as you say there, giving yourself time to bounce back, to process, being able to process, being able to uh, show yourself that compassion. And back to, I suppose, what I said there, I think a lot of what we have just discussed there is love, you know, down to being able to love other people, being able to accept love, and love yourself and I think resilience has a massive, massive part to play in all of that and being able to be vulnerable and not worry about what other people think about you. Um, be vulnerable with the right people, of course, and the back to what I said about the people who we surround ourselves with and stuff like that. But that resilience is probably a big part of both of our journeys mm. and being able to just bounce back from the hardships or the stuff that's going on in our heads. But just being good to yourself. Do you know what I mean? I, I think that a lot of resilience it comes into that. Not doesn't need to be a big tough guy or being, oh, I'm so resilient and I'm class and I miss him. And that. No, sometimes the best part of resilience is to be shown vulnerability. Yeah. I think anyway. Um, But yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? <laughs>
0: yeah. I, I suppose the other thing I would just add to that is like that, like, so, sometimes the best part of resilience is like, is accepting help from others like that's that's an act of resilience in itself. It's like okay, you 100%. said you said vulnerability there, like you know, I'm like I'm dealing with this, I'm feeling this, like, and I feel like especially growing up, I think like resilience. You would think you know, like Roy Keane, Katie Taylor, like, yeah, like, and that's all like from a sport perspective. Definitely, they're so resilient, but in a mm-hmm. practical day to day, it's. I definitely, I think vulnerability is at the heart of accepting help from others. And also like courage comes from vulnerability because then it's like, okay, this is what's happening. There's an acceptance. So it's like, I'm encouraged to move forward. You know, um, I suppose like based like on the conversation we just had and just kind of probably last <laughs> point for me is like, just as I said, listen, I'm very fortunate to know like inter-county players, current and past have been listening, Donal. And we make these episodes from the perspective of like definitely to appeal to players and absolutely like i know like there's thousands of others then come in and listen because they go they want to learn like learn more about their heroes learn more about people succeeding in our sports like for uh, players listen in terms of like you're based on your experiences that are maybe driving this to this like what's the kind of is there like a takeaway you would like to kind of have or like maybe it's something we've already discussed that you'd like to repeat just in terms of driving at home
1: maybe like the big the big thing is that i always like my motto, bottom of my let's face it, is be excited about the person you want to become. Mm-hmm. You know, what you're feeling today is not what you, because feelings are feelings, you know what I mean? So depression, like you might be feeling depressed that day, but it's a feeling, you know what I mean? It's the same as feeling happy. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? So just because you're feeling that, is, you're not, the, do, you know, do, you, do you know what I mean? So it's be excited about who you want to become, have a vision of what that person looks like and just work towards it. You know, mm-hmm. set yourself maybe small goals, attainable goals. If you can complete them, then what's next? Maybe I can set myself a 90-day goal now. Maybe I can set myself a yearly goal now and just do things every single day to try and complete them We goals and small tasks. But just be excited about the person you want to become and uh, don't compare yourself to other people. Focus on, and I was doing a podcast the other day, instead of focusing on trying to be the best, just be your best. Mm-hmm become the best version of you and I genuinely believe that I'm just working towards being the best version of me and that gives me some sort of comfort some sort of security because I'm not trying to be as good as you are do you know what I mean I'm not trying to be as good as the next person just trying to be the best version of me and I think that's really really that's my big message it's just you do you like and stay in your own lane and just just try and build that you know, resilience and, you know, self-love to be comfortable in your own skin. What what would be your takeaway message? Oh, yeah, like, definitely would echo, <laughs> like,
0: definitely would echo a lot of what you said. Um, and, like, obviously from a mental health perspective, Obvious thing that first thing that comes to mind is just that you know you're never alone and that there's always help yep. there. GPA are amazing for that. There is other organizations, um, across the island of Ireland for anyone that is listening. Um, and I think, I suppose, if I was to like just kind of pick out one thing from what we've talked about today, um, I think it is that just kind of trusting that self awareness of like just thinking about what is happening to me like what am I thinking, what am I feeling and what action can I take. I've said it multiple times I just kind of repeat it because it's kind of something that's informed me on a Mm day-to-day basis for years now and it's kind of helped me get to a place I want to be and that action is kind of like that's where those skills come in and that action is hey like what's the resilience what is my self-compassion what is my courage like what do I what can I do right now that's going to move me one forward on the scale or stop or stop the slide on the scale and so often we make you know we want to go from two to ten or you want to go from like you know four to eight like just hey what's what just moves me forward here and I think when you do those things like repeatedly that's like that's the that's the key for me and I suppose the other thing I would say is like yeah it's easy to see here now and we've had such a lovely chat reflecting and stuff and I I kind of just want to repeat it again it's like it's not like that's all in the rear, the rear view mirror and like life's just coasting yeah. now hey, life challenges all in different ways like and if no matter who you are like where you are right now listening to this like challenges are going to come like it's just that's literally it's the one, one of the few things we're guaranteeing in life is that we'll all be yeah. tested and challenged in different ways and just that you're never alone um there's people there to help you um
1: yeah i feel like that's probably my yeah it's powerful mm. powerful and i think even like just the, suppose, we could go on here forever but do you think <laughs> about it like a child whenever a child is born you know all this sort of when's he going to take you know when's he going to start walking and all this here and there's always cameras around and whenever that child maybe just takes the first step and everyone buzzing but what happens after that child starts taking his first step, you know, the child run the about all of a sudden and walking and, you know, enjoying life. And I would sort of relate that back to even my journey and my mental health journey. That first step, I was probably waiting 15 years to make it. But see, yeah. once I put the first step, I kept putting one foot in front of the other. And that's just what way of life's going now. Like, so just once you make that first step, make the next one and just keep going forward. And I think that's, yeah. But I love that. I really love it. I feel like we're going for another. I don't even know what long we've been talking <laughs> for, but it was really, I, really good. <laughs> I know. I
0: definitely had a couple like different, like, kind of I, I know we've done like we have talked about like a couple of those key milestones I want to touch upon like the hitting your rock bottom like reaching out for help yeah. um like what kind of you took from treatment counseling like dealing with setbacks and relapsing um we definitely I know you asked me about kind of relationship between sport and mental health and that I kind yeah. of if I could finish up on that one actually John if you don't mind me asking because yeah. just in terms of now in terms of all that you know all that you've been through and like, I'm conscious, like I, I don't play anymore. Like my work, I'm more in the shadows now and I'm kind of around sports, but like, I'm never really out front facing. Like, what's it like for you kind of, like obviously you're, you're competing, like if you're cha- you've just league, you're on the championship. What's it like kind of mixing and matching your, I suppose, your mental health experiences with like elite sport and still
1: trying to compete now? that's kind of finish on that one. It's, it's, it's been tough and that's why I was saying there, I think probably only this year I've probably found that balance. But, here's the other thing too, it's not to be on end all, mm-hmm. um, because we have a window here of playing intercounty, I'm 26 now, being realistic, what are there, five years? I don't know, do you know, uh, what are we going to do after that? Do you know, you, you become very, very, very soon you become irrelevant. <laughs> I'm very, 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 very lucky that, and I know you won't mind me saying this, that since I got out of rehab, Darren Gleeson has been our senior hurling manager. Um, He's had his own journey. You know, and there's a there was actually a photo of us in Croke Park after we won the Joe McDonough and we were rolling around the ground. And that was nothing to do with winning the Joe McDonough. It was to do with a level of respect and we showed each other vulnerability. We'll have a by the way, we have a better relationship probably outside of her than what we do in her <laughs> <laughs> and that comes down to me not being on the team every week. But <laughs> but uh, I think having like and I've been very, very fortunate to have that, but I think that We've, I think we've discussed a lot of that too uh, uh, in terms of like what happens on a Sunday is not going to dictate. Mm-hmm. And there's been nights there, and this is where I put myself first and showing that compassion. There's been nights there where I phoned Darren and said, I'll not be a train tonight because I need to be out a meeting. I need to go to an AA meeting yeah. or I need to go to counselling. And he's been like, hey, do you know what? No problem. Mm-hmm. Um, but also I think it's important to note within within our changing room there too, there's a, there's a real good feeling of um, I've mentioned that it's one of my big, big values is vulnerability and we can be vulnerable with each other in the changing room and you have people like Neil McManus who like, we'd be best mates now and we can step in the changing room and be vulnerable with each other and I think that only sort of creates a culture uh, of togetherness and I think within a, even within a team setting too, within sport if you can maybe even sit in a circle remember remember in school uh, when you are a kid you used to have circle time you used to pass the thing around and then you used to say whatever, sing a song or whatever but I'd be big in there and I'd love to even maybe talk to you after about like, even like setting up like vulnerability groups or something, because like if we're being vulnerable and and, and sharing with our teammates, because you're just in training, you train something out the gap and you don't really get to know the people. So if we have these vulnerability groups and we're sitting and sharing our experiences and and, and maybe, you know, something such as Brandon died the other week, I didn't know about it, he's going through such a tough time, he has to take such and such to the hospital every week. We don't know all these things, but I bet you have a bottom dollar whenever you go out on a Sunday after these people have just been so open and honest with each other. You do anything for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's a big part of maybe sport. And I think sport is kind of going that way. I know it's in the, in the Aussie rules and stuff. They're sort of tapping into the stuff like that. And no, I'd be very, very, very passionate about that. And maybe, maybe interlinking both of them because there's a lot of people suffering. Um, there's a lot of people in changing rooms there's a lot of people sitting on their phones in the corner changing rooms at the back of the buses gambling on their phones and stuff like that it's just creating that safe place and why not do it and I said it at the start of the podcast we're so 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 lucky that we have a community like the mm. GAA like, we're so lucky and why not tap in it even more uh, he has such a powerful like
0: um, like yes we look at results and we look at you know who won this trophy or who won that league yeah. or whatever but underneath it all like I, f- I feel like a, a for a lot of players, it's like there's a, it's the sense of kind of belonging and connection and Mm. then that support network just by, whether it's like having the crack, which is like in the good way of like, just like having a place to laugh and joke with lads, but also then just feeling that like, you know, you're not on your own. I know Orla Finn that was on our last episode who played with Corkley, she said a quote that really sticks with me of like, just when you're being part of a team, like you never feel like you're alone. Like you always feel like you have something, someone around you and different experiences. Um, it's like, yeah, no, it's, it's powerful, man. Joe, you know I actually, I think mean, people that are they're listening to this are going to be like, will this fella ever stop talking? But I feel like there is one, <laughs> there is one other question I wanted to ask you because I feel like it's quite topical and like you've obviously had your experience. In terms of like cocaine in Irish society right now, and I know you'll see, you'll see threads and you'll see stuff in terms of it in the GA as well. Like what's your kind of, what's your kind of insight or perspective on like cocaine's role in Irish society at the minute and kind of how it's impacting I was going to say G.A. dressing but I mean, realistically, it's how it's impacting society and culture in general, you know?
1: Um, it's easier to get a bag of cookie in now than what it is to get a packet of cigarettes. Like, I'm sitting in the pub, say, theoretically, and I'm ordering this bag of coke. The boys bring the coke in for you. Nine times out of ten, you really have to pay for the coke. So you get it on tech or whatever. And then you're just getting more and more or whatever. And then the next thing on a Tuesday, these boys are wrapping your door saying, where's this money? And you don't have it. And then that's just opening up another kind of worms. spiral and scramble. hundred percent. And the other side of it is, and you know, for people who maybe are a wee bit naive or a wee bit blind to it, see so whenever there's boys going out and drink and they're out to drink, maybe two, three, four, five days. How many times have you tried doing that? Hmm. And I, do, do, do you know what I mean? People can't drink for that period of time without taking cocaine. Do you know what I mean? And I like I like I like to say I'm a good enough a drinker in my day. Do you know what I mean? And I could not have drank for longer than a day without right. a couple of hours mm-hmm. without tapping into saying I need a bag of coke because it keeps you going and it keeps you going and it keeps you going. It's scurry and it's rife and it's and it's like I'm not a hypocrite, so I, I don't go telling people not taking coke or anything. Like that, I gotta find like people find out for themselves or whatever. But I would nearly go as far as saying it's probably near enough every GAA club in the country. And it's scary. It, it really, really is scary. And it's not just like the fact that people go out and think this is a laugh and have it and stuff like that. It's 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 a consequence of it. It's we're getting this stuff on tick, and there's drug dealers in getting involved, and it's it's just not it's just it's rife and it's scary and it worries the life out of me. And I suppose that's why I'm doing what I'm doing. is yeah. trying to create that platform that do you know what you can go out, have a few beers with the lads. But lads, go home and go to work on a Monday morning like, do you know what I mean like you don't need you don't need to do all this madness of coke and ease and everything but drugs coke I, I, I a by it like it's fire it's, it's easier to get it's it's easier to get a bag of coke than, than going because you have to go into a shop and get cigarettes and pay do you know and all this so it's easier to get a bag of coke than what it is to to get a bag of cigarettes and then that 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 worries me like yeah. even for, even the difference between me four years ago than i it's even it's 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 tenfold it's, it's far far worse than i like how, how are we going to end it but me and you won't you know through mm-hmm. this but what we can do is tr- try and create that sort of awareness is that you don't need to take the coke or you don't need to do that to, to, to gain confidence or, or to get validation from other people you know do what's right by you not just to fit into friend groups or be cool or whatever all that nonsense it's, it's just not worth it because i never thought in a million years and i know some of my friends some of the people around me would always be like ah should sure that not happen to me i was one of them people and yeah within a very 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 you know short period of time <laughs> i was it did happen to me and i i couldn't live without it like no i i, I did i meant to
0: touch upon it earlier so i'm glad i kind mm-hmm. of. I asked you just before you finished up, Donald, because like, I do think as well, I'd agree with a lot of what you said there in terms of like, it's almost like a dirty seeker or an unspoken thing in GA, like, and I say GA, but like it's communities like all over society. Yeah. Sometimes people think like cocaine was traditionally like a, an urban drug if you're in a city, but like I can pop into, I can go to Calvin tomorrow, you know, and walk into a pub and I know there'll be people there. There's cocaine around me and around the bars, like, and same mm-hmm. like, same as like where you are, um, What's kind of, and I know the work that you do is in terms of promoting awareness of that and promoting understanding of kind of helping people make more informed decisions when the time come. Where do you think the rise of that has kind of come from and kind of what, how can we kind of combat that or what can we do as like an organization or as teammates or as to kind of help reduce problems that stem from it? I appreciate that's a big
1: question. Uh, But I like, listen, I'd be a big firm, I'd be a firm believer of, you don't know until you know. Hmm. You know, and then a lot of the people within GA clubs, committees, think they know what's going on in clubs, but they don't really know. Do you know what I mean? And I think it all just comes from awareness. Am I going to save the world? No. Do you know what I mean? The old saying, "room wasn't built in the day, but it's trying to sort of end that stigma. And a lot of this, it's... <sighs> A whole other podcast and this about crime addiction and active addiction and stuff. There's a reason behind why these people are doing this. There's some sort of insecurity within them. Mm-hmm. It's how they view themselves. And I, I think it's just creating awareness. People like you, people like now McMenny, like coming out and, and Conkle Patrick, and all, I just think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Coming out and being so vulnerable and saying, Do you know what? Axe yeah, he was uh, in, like, on the steps of Hogan Stanley from Sam McGuire two years ago. And now he's coming out and being so vulnerable and open and honest. But look where it took him. Look where it took him. These things can take us in the dark, 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 dark holes. Look where it took me. Like it, honestly, like, and and even to put it in the perspective and and the, and the societal issue and all this here. There was twelve people in my group in rehab. Um, six of them are dead. Four of them are back using, and there's only two of us left. Right. within a three and a half year period. So it, I, I'm not on here to say like you know oh this is this is how bad I but it's sweet. I went to rehab and fixed my wagon, and everything was okay again. No you know there's a success rate like there's, there's 50% of those people in my group are dead now as a result of, 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 of relapsing and they're back on and, and drinking drugs and those people some of them are my age do you know what I mean so this whole idea and concept that ah, I it'll not happen to me or whatever it can it can happen to the best of us and no matter how well you think your life is and you know even in terms of your job Taylor where you come from and all this here it only happens from people from depraved areas it's all nonsense it can happen to any of us and I think awareness and what we can do as a as a community, um, within the GAA especially, is creating creating more awareness. And there's a whole big stigma attached to it too. People are afraid to talk about it. People are afraid to bring it up. There's a whole. Why big, do you think that of, is? Um, even some of the talks that I do, only like, uh, even see even my events. I have to. I publicise my events now as wellness events. And put different things within them them events, like sports nutrition mm-hmm. or whatever, to make it look, not make it look because it is, but I have to make it inclusive for everything to get people into the room. See if I have an event saying drugs awareness, Yeah, and I've noticed this over the last year, see the amount of people who don't turn up because they're afraid of being maybe, associated with it. Yes. Jesus, Donald was in that room now the other night. Right. He must be on it. you know, there's still some sort of stigma attached. Why? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that can only be broken down by the more people just coming out and just saying, you know what, let's normalize it because (laughs) it's very, very normal in pubs. So that's normally just having problems because most of us, most, most people who are taking it can't get out of it, you know, Um, but there's an awful lot of work to be done on. There definitely, definitely is. And I suppose that's why um, you can probably feel the passion uh, mm. of it you know out of me like because it's it's scary and I can see where it take, can take you but as a result of that back to the stat like there's you know 80% of of the people who I was with are, are either dead or, or 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 back on it like and that's that's scary like.
0: that is scary do it? it's like it's um, like I just I'm, I'm glad we kind of got to like just touch upon that because we, we both agreed like it's it's, it's it's everywhere it's all around us and it's like I suppose in my head think I'm thinking like cocaine, like some people, like it'll be alcohol is kind of a gateway to it. So you're out on a night out and maybe you're a couple, mm-hmm. a couple of beers deep before you make that decision for the first time or, but also then I go back to that kind of the thoughts, the feelings and the actions. People can choose it to kind of have it as escapism at those early stages before you really get like hooked. And I've just been more aware of those, I suppose, what decision are you making at the time and then kind of as you said there what are the repercussions and it's not like I know you or I aren't sitting here saying like say no to drugs or don't do this or don't do that but it is just that awareness the educational piece so people get to make more informed decisions at you know um at different times of their life and that those numbers you did you said there are scary. And I just kind of want to finish up by saying thank you for doing the work you're doing. Thank you for sharing, I suppose, your story and your own journey, but also then how you're using kind of your past to guide you in both the present and help you kind of plan and move towards the future. And the very best of luck with all you're doing off the field, good luck in the championship and the summer ahead. Um and just thank you, thank you very much for joining us on the players' voice. I feel like it's a very unique and special conversation. I'm glad to have been part of it with you
1: no it's been an honor and here it right back at you um because listen you were one of the first people sort of put out a platform that it is okay not to be okay and to come out and talk about how they're actually feeling And as people like you who got this thing going and listen it's about the next person isn't it and i think that like thanks so much for having me it's been it's been a great conversation It's some of it was hard hitting um but even you know we haven't spoke that many times but I can't help but feel proud of you and what you have done and what you're achieving now I like so fair play to you too like. and thank you very much Don I really appreciate it thank you thanks Alan
0: thanks for listening to the latest episode of The Player's Voice The Player's Voice is a podcast that's brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks if you enjoyed this conversation please subscribe to our series now by searching The Player's Voice on whatever podcast platform you prefer there you'll find previous episodes with leading inter-county GA players like Neil McManus, Niall Morgan, Vicky Wall and Ashing Thompson. Remember, if you're a GPA member in the Republic of Ireland and were impacted by this episode, please call one eight zero zero nine eight nine two eight five 989285 or text GPA to 50808. From Northern Ireland, please call 0800-044-5059 or text GPA to 85258. If you aren't a GPA member and want to learn more about important mental health services, please check out The Samaritans, Pieda House or Con Moira. Thanks for listening.